From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. WalletWatch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games. Delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back, Wallet Watch listeners. You are in the studio with your host, Jessica. And me, Amanda. I'm really excited for this episode because we are bringing Tony back. Tony did our last episode with us all about learning how to navigate the loan process. And today to create an episode all around learning the red flags of predatory lending or learning about certain situations where it might not make sense to get a loan and some ways to really research out so that you're comfortable in your decision to apply for a loan. Yeah, Amanda, I think this conversation is going to be really wonderful today. I think it's going to tie into our theme that we have been working on all season long of building your financial foundation. We hope you all enjoy the interview that we have today. If this is your first time tuning in to Wallet Watch, we are releasing episodes every three weeks. You can find our podcast on any platform that you listen to your podcast on, whether that is Spotify, Apple Music, or Podbean. We hope you enjoy. Tony, we want to welcome you back for a second episode this season. We're yeah, happy to have you here. Thanks for having me back. I feel like a celebrity. Jeez, you guys are building me up. Yeah, thank you again for coming out, lending your expertise to our yeah. listeners. To get us started, are there certain situations where it might not be appropriate in someone's financial picture to try and apply for a loan? Yes, I would say first and foremost, if you can't afford the payment, like, or maybe your budget's super, super tight and you in your gut think like, I don't think we can afford this extra payment, I wouldn't apply. That does not mean you can't call and talk to your financial institution and maybe talk about different options but maybe that's not the right time to apply. I would say also if you have recently applied for a few store credit cards or something, not applying for a bunch of stuff all at once benefits you as well as far as your credit's concerned. So every time that you have your credit pulled, when you apply for a loan, it does have an impact on your credit score. So I have seen or I've helped some individuals kind of bust that myth of like, well, I was told I need to apply for everything all at once because that'll boost my credit and that'll make things better. And the fact of the matter is that really doesn't boost your credit, it actually hurts it. So being mindful of applying for the things that you need when you need them and making sure that there's time in between those applications is most beneficial. Sometimes we can't avoid it because life happens and we just need another loan right after we just took one out, which is okay. But if we can help it, not applying for a bunch of things all at once. I think that's great advice. To be very honest, that was something I learned. I mean, mm -hmm. growing up, we all probably can sit here and agree, like we didn't learn much about no. finances growing up. It wasn't really talked about, it was a taboo topic. And so that was definitely something that I had a learning experience with. To kind of get into this process a little bit deeper, I kind of wanna start talking a little bit about predatory lending mm -hmm. because 
I know in our previous episode, we talked a lot about working with dealerships or financial institutions when it came to like auto loans. But you and I both know that you can loan money pretty much anywhere these days, mm-hmm. online, over the phone. So I really wanted to talk to our listeners today about are there any red flags people should look for maybe when it's not a reputable company to apply for a loan with or a reputable financial institution to work with? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, and you hit the nail on the head, making sure whoever you're working with is reputable. So that could be by asking your friends, family about that financial institution that might help. Some of the best advertising financial institutions have is word of mouth, but also taking a step back when you're applying for something and asking yourself, you know, are their rates good? Maybe I do an online search and I see what average rates are for auto loans before I take that auto loan from credit union or bank A, because I want to make sure are they actually giving me a decent rate. Looking at things like prepayment penalties. So like I had said in a previous episode that we did, some institutions will charge a 2% prepayment penalty for paying a loan off early. I don't agree with that. I think that that really hurts the the applicant. That hurts us as the public because if we pay a loan off early, like we should be celebrating that. We saved ourselves some money. The fact of the matter is not all lenders are created equal. So we have to do our due diligence when we're looking to get a loan. We need to look at the fine print a little bit. I would also ask if there's any fees for making payments, how I can make payments. I've had individuals that I've worked with in the past that were charged a fee every time they made a payment. Or the way they had to make a payment was cumbersome for them. It should be convenient. If it's not convenient, then find another lender. Make the right choice for yourself. Also ask, are there any application fees? Some lenders charge you a fee to apply. That's that's not great, right? So maybe that's an indication that that lender is fee hungry. And maybe they're not going to be as great to work with when life happens and you have a late fee potentially. Those are all questions that I consider, but I do lean heavily on the advice of friends and family and those in the community about an institution. Sure. No, I think that's a great piece of advice because, you know, I think about individuals that are out there that maybe know their credit's not in the best situation. They think that they couldn't go through their bank or their credit union to apply for a loan because they don't feel like they're credit worthy enough and that they are faced to go work with some of these lenders that maybe have biweekly payments or super high interest rates or charge all these extra fees because maybe they feel like those are the only options that they have. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that's not the case. You can lean on your financial institution or still a reputable financial institution for your lending needs. Yeah, I love that you bring that up. So I have personally worked with individuals that did think that I didn't have a choice. I had to go with this other lender that charged high interest rates, or I had to buy my car from a smaller dealership that is buy here, pay here, where they pay every two weeks for a car at a higher interest rate because they thought that's all they could qualify for. And there's nothing better than being able to tell that person like, No, like I can qualify you for a loan through financial institution that I work at. We can get you set up with a payment that is half of what you're paying a month right now. And then ultimately, hopefully get them set up on the right track so that they can be better off in the future and can grow in in their financial literacy. Not only that, but also like their financial goals. We want to set people up for success. I will never forget. I had taken a call once when I was lending and a person called in, wanted to loan some money. Come to find out their auto loan, they were paying 22% interest. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. 
And so we pulled their credit, looked at some things, had a conversation, and their credit was on the lower side. So they're considered a higher risk. But the financial institution that I was working for, we were literally able to take that 22% auto loan down to 7%. That's life-changing. Life-changing. I will never forget that phone call that the person I was working with just started bawling on the other end of the phone and like, you have no idea how you changed my life. And like just that situation, that story, those words, that has stuck with me forever. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm passionate when it comes to <laughs> financial education and teaching our community. Because again, we didn't have that information given to us or at our fingertips. And you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Like money and finance doesn't come easy to everyone. So if you're someone who maybe gets overwhelmed with a lot of the jargon that you're reading and you get stuck in a situation, is there suggestions that you have for someone who could get out of the pay lending cycle? I would say like if we're talking payday lender cycle, I guess I want to make sure everyone understands what that basically means. So payday lender cycle is when we go to a local payday lender and we borrow maybe $600 and we have to pay them back when we get paid next. So maybe my paycheck is $800 and I have to pay this payday lender $600 when I get paid in two weeks. So what happens is this creates a cycle because... I can't pay my bills if I have to give 600 of my $800 check to that payday lender in two weeks. What happens, friends, is I have to take out another loan. So then I'm in this vicious cycle. So every time I'm borrowing, every time I get paid, I'm borrowing again and again and again. And the best way to get out of that is to call another financial institution and ask for help. We'll tell you the institution that I work for, we have a loan product that we offer for this specifically. Does it carry a higher interest rate? You better believe it because these are higher risk loans. But what it does do, even though it carries a higher interest rate, it gives that individual the ability to pay that loan off over a six month period of time at that payday lender and helps build credit, helps set them up on the right track so that they can be in a better position moving forward. I think as far as the research goes, we don't know what we don't know. So maybe that payday lender is the lender that's in my local community and I don't realize that you know, three blocks away, there's another financial institution that would be more than happy to help me. And I just don't know that. So I would say best advice I give somebody in that instance would be get online, Google Maps, financial institutions in my area, and start making some phone calls and see if there's anyone that can help get you out of that cycle. I think it's great we talk about members or customers don't know what they don't know. I can tell you from personal experience, I've had individuals that have applied for a loan product with a really, really high interest rate because that's the only thing that they thought they'd qualify for. And then being able to tell them like, hey, I'm not giving you that loan product. I'm going to give you this other loan product because it has a better rate and because you can have this other loan product. I think that is huge. So I don't know if I've ever shared with the two of you, but long ago, I did work for a payday lender. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. And I saw these people stuck in these situations where they were in a constant struggle. It was a cycle that they got into. They did not know how to get out of it. They did not know how to go on repayment plans. And I wanna say with these payday advances, people don't realize that they're paying 600% Well, because on a it's like loan. $70 in two weeks that they have to pay. And so exactly. we just, oh, it's only 70 bucks. But that, yeah, you're exactly right. It's But that's crazy. why they get stuck is because they have to pull that 600 back out because like you said, they can't survive without that. 
And so I think it's so important when people get stuck in these payday loan lending cycles, I want you to know it's not just the person who's on a fixed income. It's not just the person who loaned money the one time and and can't get out of it. This is, I watched people walk through the door that were from all walks of life, people Mm -hmm. on fixed incomes, doctors that made thousands and thousands of dollars a month. And what it really boiled down to is, A, they were stuck in it, they didn't really know how to budget their money mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't explore other options to get out of it. That's why I would like to shed light on that predatory lending because it's not just payday advances. Mm-hmm. It is people are going to loan money on anything nowadays. You know, you think about online, all the ads that you see on social media. Hey, if you need to borrow money now, quickly, here you go. This is what it's you that do. that convenience, right? You yeah. can have $1,000 right now, and we don't even pay attention to the fine print. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've even started to do it now with, and I don't know the names of some of the companies, but I've seen it when you're just shopping online. Yep. Yes. Like, you can make four easy payments of whatever, and I've never dove into it to see, like, what the rates are or anything on that stuff, but that's another instance where th- that could carry a... interest rate or whatever it is. The buy now, pay later apps. um, You really have to read the fine print. I actually did some research and just wrote an article on that recently to kind of compare those different apps because some of them do offer interest free and it's literally you just split the payment or the amount up over four easy payments and that's what it is. But there are other ones that come with application fees. There are other ones that check your credit. It's very variable and very different. Tony, I have one last question to kind of wrap up our interview today. I know we spent a lot of time talking about payday lending and predatory lending. And I know you kind of touched on this a little bit. If someone finds themselves caught, whether it's a payday lending cycle, a non-reputable lender, what are some pieces of advice that you can give to our listeners on some ways to get out of that? I think first and foremost, find a reputable lender that you can seek advice from. Obviously, we've said throughout this, friends, family, they might be able to help direct you to a reputable lender. That um, lender that you go to that you know is decent may be able to help get you out of it right away. They may be able to offer you advice on how you can get out of it. I think we also have to understand too that it might not be easy to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So we might have to put in some work to get ourselves out of it, knowing that at the end, even if it takes six months, a year, whatever that looks like, at the end, it'll be better. I've had individuals that I've spoke with that I've had to say, you know, it looks like there's a prepayment penalty on this. It looks like, yes, you don't like making the payments to them because it's really difficult. It's a little bit higher interest rate. But based on doing the math and crunching the numbers, it made more sense for them to stick it out with that lender and just get through the loan and pay it off in the two years or whatever that time frame was. And then what we did is we started building a lending relationship so that they were better off in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think anything that goes around money, a lot of people just go right to the math and the numbers, but don't really realize the impact that the habits that you create and how hard it can be to change habits if you've learned them in ways that aren't helping you be successful or reach those goals. And it sometimes, like you said, it just takes some hard work to Mm -hmm. make a new habit. And I think too, maybe it's meet with a reputable lender at a financial institution of your choosing and they can't help you on the loan side, but maybe start by opening an account. Start doing business with that lender. I will tell you that 
as a lender, I, I like to see that you're doing business with us and like to see how your day-to-day -day spending habits are. That does play into our loan decision that will help you in the future. Building that loyalty will make it maybe easier for us to lend in the future, even if you are potentially a riskier applicant based on credit or based on past. And we're trying to help get you out of those situations. So that's something to think about too. Maybe we can't help you with the loan, but maybe we get you an account and we get you set up on the right track and we offer the education and we continue to grow that education by the questions that you're asking. And then six months, a year, whatever that time frame is, we're able to look back and be laughing about it because we got you where you needed to be. I love that. Tony, thanks so much for coming back and being on the second episode with us. We really, really enjoyed it. And I'm excited to get this out to our listeners and hopefully it can make a change in someone's life. I hope so. Thank you for having me. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSU Federal Credit Union is always working to be on the cutting edge of technology. The lab at MSU-FSU is our center for innovation, working to identify, create, and execute opportunities to lead pilots and new technology products and services for members and employees. To learn more about the lab at MSU-FSU or to become a member tester, please visit msufsu.org forward slash the lab. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Khan and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Saldana and Susie Elkins. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.